Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Hello, governors and governornesses. It's I, V, and I'm back. I'm back. I've been California dream, and the skies are gay, and the skies are gay. And fellas is here. And so yes, I am. <laughs> Gentlemen, it feels good to be back. Uh, I was uh, enjoying some surf and sun. I was, you know, practicing my surfing. Uh, quite incredible surfer. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but actually, I'm terrible at surf. I can't even skateboard. I can't even roller skate, let alone surf. But it's I'm glad to be back in the saddle. I mean, I, you know, it's, it, the thing is when you when you step away from work, it's great. You get to do some R and R time. But as soon as that, you know, you come back home, the next day, you know, you gotta, you know, be on, uh, you know, in in the pilot seat, so to speak. You're like, holy crap! It, it, it's like 15 different things are happening and hitting you all at once. But I love it, man. It's good to be back. Lots of crap going on. Velas, folks, you can find Velas over at the Discord. If you need to get on the Discord, there's only one man that you need to you need to call. And that is the one and only El Cuco himself. You can email CJ over at CJ at roguenews.net. CJ at roguenews.net. And he will give you the link to join the Discord. There's a lot of discussion going on there. There's a lot of characters uh, that are in the Discord group. Uh, men, of course, like Velas, and we have Belage and Crypto Cowboy, and we have El Cuco in there, and I need to be in there more often, but I'm, I'm just a bum. I'm sorry. I apologize. And with that all being said, Velas, welcome back. But I mean, Welcome back. You've never went anyway, so how are you doing, Velas? <laughs> I'm fine. How are you doing after after being gone? I've, I've learned, dude, it was, uh, I, I love SoCal. Well, you know, we were in the whole Marina Del Rey, Malibu area, and it was just beautiful. There was no homeless bums. I didn't step on any feces or syringes. You know, it's the the weather, Velas. The ve- the weather. I mean, I got seventies all year round. No humidity. Because like I wanted to quit my life, man. I how do you to, like, how do you how do you screw that up if you're in a state that's always seventy degrees? I know exactly. <laughs> how do you screw that up, right? And yet they did. They never underestimate the power of liberals to screw things up. Never underestimate their incredible ability. To screw things up, but I love the atmosphere. It was very health oriented. It was nice. People were dressed nice. Everybody's in shape. I, I wanted to become a triathlete just being out there, Velas. And or I wanted to sell flip flops on the beach and rent bicycles to tourists. One of those two things, three things, or become a, a yoga instructor, a yogi, something that I yearned for in my younger years, and then teach <laughs> yoga on the beach. You know, it would have been great. But it is what it is. If we do this, I'm going to bring CJ along as my cohort. It'll be V and CJ, but we'll change CJ's name to Machete. So they'll know machete. it's it's it's, it's machete, machete and and Garia 
Yoga at the Beach. Well, not only that, there's some great uh, gyms there too, like uh, in Jocko Wilnick's in San Diego. His his uh, yeah, there's a lot of Jocko Tim, maybe Tim Kennedy. Golds, Venice Beach. Need I see more? Need I see more? If you want to feel like a soy boy, go into Venice Beach, Golds Gym. You will feel like an Ethiopian marathon runner when you walk in there. It's wonderful. I, I was watching one of those videos on YouTube about ma- maps of the United States, you know, things like what are people looking up on the internet or whatever. Sure. And, and during COVID, I think it was the state of California was shown as like, where's my nearest gym or whatever. Because <laughs> uh, they were all trying to work out. Whereas other, other states were like mixed drinks. How do I make the best mixed drinks? <laughs> <laughs> I think New York's was uh, where, where's the, where do I get the latest line of Coke? I would. <laughs> Oh man, Velas, where do you want to begin? Well, today we're gonna we're gonna revisit uh, the trafficking topic a bit, and uh, I've got the show, folks, for the 29th mapped out as well, and I've posted that on on Discord. And to V V and CJ's point, uh, a lot of vigorous activity taking place on Discord, and I know V or Toby's our CJ has been doing a Herculean job getting a whole bunch of requests to allow folks onto the page. So if you're new to Discord, welcome. If you'd like to get on Discord, uh, reach out to CJ and he can he can hook you up. Um, so I've mentioned a couple times on on my program about these two books I've got on order about Epstein, and uh, one's by Whitney Webb and I forget the author of the other one. And the first of them was supposed to have been delivered last fall, and I've mentioned on the show a couple times, you know, hey, geez, they've delayed it again, they've delayed it again, or whatever. Well, this Monday, got another notification. They delayed it again. <laughs> oh, I'll do you one better. Now they're saying they don't even know when the Whitney Webb book will be published. Wow. The, these, are on, these are on the Epstein topic, folks. And, and it just kills me because now, now what's happened is, is I've noticed Whitney Webb is appearing on certain people's shows and stuff. And she's been talking about the content on her book. Um. It almost reminds me of Oliver North during the Iran Contra hearings, where they're like, "We won't, we won't let you show these slides of what they're teaching kids in schools in Nicaragua," which was like basically, it was it was how to count, but using hand grenades and bullets and stuff. <laughs> so he he picked up each slide and described to the audience what what was on it. Um, it's the same thing here. She's she's out there doing a bunch of interviews and stuff simply because. Um, I don't know what's causing these delays in the book, but you know, and I, hey, I also real, real yeah. quick, can you touch base on the two current Congress people or senators that made a trip to visit the Royal family that they hasn't been disclosed who they went to go visit and why in regards to Epstein? Oh, I know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't recall who those officials were, but yeah, it was, it was that, and also that they had been staying at properties. Uh, that's both the Les Wexner topic and Epstein. They were staying at top at properties owned by Wexner in the UK. These U.S. officials, these elected officials, but were predominantly managed and controlled by Epstein. Uh, but I don't, I don't remember who those, who those two, two. It was two key folks, and there were a couple of others behind them that were kind of connected to the whole topic. But I don't remember who, who that was by name. I did also. Um, I'll get into it today a little bit, folks. I did also watch that Hulu documentary that came out. Um, my two cents on that is you can skip it. Uh, it was mostly about 
I mean, if you want to understand fashion and business in the 1980s and the 1990s, okay. Um, but it was, in my opinion, it was a bit of a whitewash until you, there's three episodes until you get to the third episode. That one did did bring up the people in Tel Aviv, which I was surprised by. Uh, and I, I don't want to necessarily go down the road of, yeah, 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 we've heard this all before. I don't mean it that way. But it's just simply, um, it's it's not worth your time. And I know it was kind of billed as ooh groundbreaking, and it's like no, you'll you'll learn more reading a book if you can if you can get your hands on a book. Um, but anyway, Patrick Ryan also has posted several of his uh, sweat lodge, um, you know, out in a Hopi village um, taking peyote uh, commentary. Um, I'll post those on on Discord again. I did post them before. Um, he has some rather cryptic comments but if you really dig into what he's saying it 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 makes sense um you know for instance he talks about um the connections between the growth of certain technologies microsoft rises to power which obviously gives bill gates a lot of influence uh certain government uh legislation was repealed like glass steagall under bill clinton uh, then the government turns around as soon as Microsoft has a ton of money and does a shakedown on Microsoft for money uh, and threatens that they're, they're going to break them up. Um, then the dot-com bubble pops, and then Epstein captures Bill Gates. Um, it's, it's a number of things like that. I'll, re- I'll repost it. It's, it's definitely germane to, uh, to this topic. So blackmail alone is not really the issue. It's a tool among many uh, to influence global events. Um, one of the questions I would ask is why was it weaponized to the degree it's been the last 20 years, if not before, um, we're going to walk through some examples since the 1950s, uh, and then specifically the, the sexual blackmail thing. And then the shift to, to the last 20 years or so, where it started moving more into, uh, kids and teenagers. Um, the, the other reminder too, is from a prior show about the fact that, um, when the mores of a country or its rules or standards begin to change, um, that's when the blackmail kind of started to, to shift towards uh, kids and other exploitable, uh, exploitable people. So the first one is, is a topic we've covered before. That's, that's about Playboy. And there have been, I, I would say there are more than accusations. There was an attempt to publish a book about this topic with Playboy, the author was, for lack of a better word, stopped. Uh, they were paid money to not publish the book. Um, it wasn't so much the dark side of Playboy. In fact, it's the age-old thing of, of, especially if you talk to public relations firms, they are masters at creating self-inflicted wounds. You know, something huge is about to break on a politician or a senior executive of a corporation or a high-profile individual. And so they come out with a very true and very incendiary topic about that person. But it's not as bad as the thing they're trying to distract you from. And it's the same thing with, with what happened with Playboy. We've, we've gotten it. You know, it's a shocker. Uh, Hugh Hefner was a disreputable person. Um, you know, no, like, you, know, you don't treat, say. Treat people like crap, et cetera. We keep attracting people's attention to that. And then the obvious one, you know, uh, sex and related. But the the thing that isn't isn't discussed, the thing that is immediately thrown into the memory hole, is this connection between the U.S. intelligence community and specifically the CIA and and Playboy. Mm-hmm. Um, questions that have been asked are things like, where exactly did Hugh Hefner acquire the funding to start the magazine? 
I mean, yes, he was a notable person talking about uh, more, and I use the word loosely, more liberal interpretations of what constitutes relationships and, and sexual liberation. But it's like outside of, of uh, polite society in New York and similar places, where did he get the money to start the magazine? The other thing, too, is, is right out of the gate when it was first published, one of the first models they had in the magazine was none other than Marilyn Monroe to build uh, brand credibility. Yeah. So you have a publication, first of its kind. Well, first of its kind, that's, that's a major distributed publication that creates buzz around high-profile nude models and a sexually liberated view on society. The accusation is, is that the entire thing was to lure uh, high-profile men, and let's be honest, some women, into compromised situations uh, to have sex with beautiful centerfolds, and then who were later uh, blackmailed or other intelligence information was gained uh, from those models going around, going around the world and, and you know, basically having sex with these people. Uh, the next is, is the topic we've discussed ad nauseum, which is Victoria's Secret. Mm. Uh, Les Wexner founded... The Limited Companies, which is exactly that. It's a group of companies uh, under the, the program name of, of The Limited in the early 1980s, uh, does it out of the Midwest. Uh, one of the ones that's most well-known out of that portfolio was Victoria's Secret, uh, the lingerie manufacturer. Um, we have the whole mega group financiers. Uh, that's one of those uh, Ryan Dawson topics. Uh, the gentleman I've mentioned out of Japan, he goes into immense depth on the mega group. I've talked about the mega group on this on this program as well. There's a number of of very powerful and financially connected people that are are members of that financial organization. Uh, Wexner set it up uh, many many years ago, um, and then of course the the Jeff Epstein connection, which which Hulu's uh, documentary. I will give them at least a little credit. They they went into a bit more detail into how much money are we talking about and how many properties are we talking about that Wexner mm. just basically gave to Epstein, and they leave open ended the question of who who does this, who who supposedly builds from scratch with with no prior massive access to wealth uh, like Willis Wexner did, uh, who just hands over total power of attorney which he did financial power of attorney to all of his assets to one guy out of nowhere, you know, who had been a trader working for one of the big houses in New York. There was scandal. He left. He goes into another firm, that being Epstein. There's a lot of weird questions asked about who who were this guy's actual clients at any of these firms. Then the only major client he has is Les Wexner. So the backstory on on uh, Victoria's Secret or the, the assumption is, is that uh, same thing. Uh, they had far more uh, of a larger number of models uh, than Playboy did, uh, that a number of them, not all, but a number of them were traveling around the world uh, for either high-profile events or sex or what have you, and again, used uh, to compromise high-profile uh, high profile individuals. Then we have a new one, uh, which is called the Franklin Scandal. This one uh, dates back to the uh, late 1980s, early 1990s. Uh, we have not covered this topic on Rogue News previously. There are two books about what's known as the Franklin Scandal. The first is The Franklin Cover-Up, uh, Child Abuse, Satanism, and Murder in Nebraska by an author named John DeCamp. That one was published in 2011. The second is by an author named Nick Bryant, published in 2012. The title of his book is The Franklin Scandal, A Story of Power Brokers, Child Abuse, and Betrayal. I just finished reading this book. Um, 
Brian's book has been making a reappearance in the alternative news space, which caught my attention because this was 10 years ago. It's a very good book. Uh, well, it's an excellent book, and I highly recommend you read it if you get the chance, although you'll need a strong stomach. Um, same thing with the uh, the other book. There's actually a third book out there on on this topic. But it's been popping up in the alternative space again, which made me kind of scratch my head and wonder why why this is. Uh, case in point, Jason Burmis, who has his own program on YouTube and other social media, um, we've shown a couple of Burmis's clips here on Rogue, and then our friend Frank over at Quite Frankly has actually had Jason Burmis on his show. Uh, Burmis interviewed uh, Nick Bryan on June 30th. Now, I'm not calling into question Jason by any means or the author. I'm just saying suddenly this specific book and this topic is getting coverage in the media again, and I'm wondering why that is. The net of this was is you had a savings and loan scandal in Nebraska. For those of you who know your history, we had a bit of a pop-up with that in the 1980s. A number of Republicans and Democrats were connected to various savings and loans across the United States that went under. Um, another side angle with that was is that it, it turned out later, and there's a separate set of books on this topic, that many of those savings and loans that got into problems uh, were heavily connected to laundering money for the intelligence community, so the whole damn thing was swept under the rug yet again. But what happened is, is when this investigation began into this particular savings and loan in Nebraska, uh, it opened up a doorway to a whole cornucopia of heinous stuff. Uh, at the center of it was a guy named Lawrence King Jr., a.k.a. Larry King, no no relation to the guy that used to be on CNN. Um, King was a major mover in the Republican Party. He also provided, um, he was very important to the party because he was African-American. And so he was also leading a group that promoted African-Americans into the Republican Party. So because there were, especially at that time, there were so few members of the African-American community that were in the party, the party did a lot to protect this guy because he was uh, building out their base of voters. Uh, it later turned out that this bank and this guy were at ground zero of trafficking kids and teenagers to Washington, D.C. Uh, and other large metropolitan areas to wealthy communities of individuals who were involved in pedophilia and hebophilia. Um, he also leveraged Boys Town as a source of kids he could use in trafficking. That was a very reputable place, by the way, Boys Town. <laughs> It was. It was. And the book goes into a lot of detail about what happened. Uh, the, the church got involved to cover. I mean, it's just, it's nasty. And so a lot, you know, it's the same old pattern. Then the individuals that were involved in this trafficking uh, who were recipients of these kids uh, find themselves blackmailed. Um, there's an extensive amount of coverage about the FBI being heavily involved in cleaning up any disclosures that pop up about this particular storyline. Um, it gets even better because one of the things that tied the bank scandal to the trafficking was correlation to a group I've mentioned once or twice, and I'm going to get into them a little later, called the Finders. Um, uh, Lawrence King eventually got sent to prison for bank fraud with no mention of trafficking. Uh, it's worth noting that the government of the state of Nebraska tried to investigate the trafficking, but was shut down at every turn by the FBI, uh, as well as a key state newspaper who was taken over by a big media firm. Uh, which for those of you who kind of know a lot of this type of subject matter, if you go into what happened in um, the Oklahoma City bombing in 1995, there was a similar kind of dynamic there where the FBI kept trying to interfere with people at the state level trying to investigate what happened. Uh, and then there was a major media firm that bought out in Oklahoma a newspaper that was trying to report on the topic and shut them down completely. It just kind of seems to be the three by five card of here's what we do when something like this happens. Um, 
I got to tell you, it's not just Nick Bryant's book. It's this topic in general. And I know we've talked about this topic before, mostly centered on Epstein. But I got to tell you that, especially after reading Nick Bryant's book, reading some of the other material that's out there, and as usual, firing up the VPN and then going off of, you know, bouncing off of foreign servers and then heading back into certain university archives and stuff. I'm not saying this with hyperbole. I'm dead serious. Um, I have not come across material folks as disturbing on many levels, not just the trafficking, but I mean, end to end, I have not seen anything in my personal life as disturbing as this topic as I, since the days I was involved in human rights research work down in South America. And I'm not joking. This is technically worse than the JFK assassination. I mean that sincerely. If you really dig it. Yes. If you really dig into the full extent, all the pieces, the giant whiteboard of all the players, what was going on, who's involved, how this is covered up, the drugs, et cetera, from a function of scale and cover up, it it is beyond it is beyond 1963. It it really is. So then moving to Jerry Sandusky and Penn State, I've brought this one up before. Uh, this is a perfect example, by the way, of the typical narrative of risk deflection used in these situations. And what I mean by that is we have the Franklin scandal in Nebraska, the powers that be shifted over to bank fraud and away from child trafficking and blackmail and attack anybody's credibility. If you try and start talking about uh, trafficking and blackmail, uh, if that angle doesn't go away about uh, pedophiles and hebophiles, then we lessen the severity by saying, well, it was only one or two kids, or it's only one disturbed individual like Jerry Sandusky who was involved. And then it all goes away. Um, I've talked here on Rogue News in my memory hole sessions about the dead Pennsylvania prosecutor named Ray Greikar, who tried to go after Sandusky as far back as 1998 and then disappeared. Um, Ray and others tried to investigate several rumors in Pennsylvania about Jerry Sandusky at Penn State being actually a smaller player in a wider scheme to traffic children from uh, his child charities. Wasn't uh, there a connection between Sandusky, Penn State, and Boys Town? There may be. I was I was about to say there there definitely is a connection that it was Sandusky and others who created a number of, of children's charities and outreach charities through the university or using the name of the university to give it, you know, cachet. And it turned out later that that these were just like little factories to send these kids to to wherever they were being sent. Um the Pennsylvania situation, uh the State Attorney General's Office of PA tried to investigate it. They got blocked by the U.S. Gen- uh, Attorney General's Office. Um, it's hard to know how far down that rabbit hole will go unless somebody publishes a book. Um, this is why I have deep praise for the work of the Zeller brothers. You all know I brought them up several times. Uh, Penn Strait is definitely one of the bigger ones that the Zeller brothers have been digging into. And, of course, they appear on Frank's program, at quite frankly, quite often. Uh, and also my thanks to the anti-trafficking group in Open Secret, um, who, uh, by the way, is also on Twitter. I've mentioned them before. Um, they also recently posted, which I found amusing, they recently posted something uh, on Twitter that Pennsylvania has the most lenient laws in the United States when it comes to trafficking. Jeez, I wonder why. Um, well, it, it, it feeds that that D.C. corridor. PA is a dumping ground. Oh, yeah. For oh, yeah. children, especially during the month between September and October, is peak pedo season, and PA is central to that. They feed; uh, they're a feeder for for the Midwest 
and for the East Coast. Major. Yes. Yes. And it, it, strangely enough, folks, that corridor V is talking about, and I mean, we're, we're not, again, it's not hyperbole. It, it is a corridor and it, it runs all the way through Arkansas. Right. I'm not kidding. So, uh, yeah, and I'm going I'm to get a little bit more into uh, the Zellers next week. Next week's show, we're going to return a little bit back to uh, some of the website stuff that I was using on, on prior shows before we, we delved into alternative ancient history in this topic. Um, next up is the Nexium scandal. Uh, there's at least four books out there right now on the Nexium scandal. Those are the summary as we have Keith Rainier, who under the cover of an organization dedicated to empowering women instead basically broke them through traditional cult-like methodologies, including neuro-linguistic programming. Yep. Uh, most of the members were branded, physically branded by, by, by Stormy Rainier. Daniels. She was, she was physically branded by Nexium. Well, and also we've got the connection of, of Claire Bronfman, of yep. the Bronfman um, food and, and alcohol empire. Uh, she's, yeah, she's currently sitting in prison right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Incredible we have- how they got somebody that powerful, right? Yeah, they, uh, well, and equally amazing. How was it that she went to prison, but every other high profile individual in this panoply just kind of stepped to the off to the left. Um, there's been accusations for quite some time that Rainier was involved with the intelligence community and that he was perfecting methods by which high net worth women could be targeted and manipulated. I mean, he was literally using everything out of the MK ultra NLP playbook that the, that CIA basically uh created exactly yeah. exactly it was just a very it, you could almost look at it as if you looked at mk ultra as a program which it was you could look at this as a as a sub project under the program that it's like okay and now we're going to figure out how to target uh high net worth individuals who have wealth who have lawyers who have uh uh much higher i mean let's be candid they have much better levels of of higher education than the average person you would think they would be harder to break. Oh, no. But Rainier came up with, with methods by which, or more accurately, the people working with Rainier who all disappeared into the shadows. You want to know something, man? Here's what I found, right? This is quite remarkable. I'm going to say something very controversial here. The more educated, and it's not across the board for all, again, varying personalities, varying mental strengths, but what is often the case, the more, quote-unquote, educated in terms of, like, uh, especially in these Ivy Leagues, okay, that, the, that these people go to, right? These Ivy League schools with these Ivy League degrees, the more culpable they are to brainwashing, the more they're able to be compromised. It's a weird thing. Something about that structure with uh, this, uh, with, with authority, with the, with the compartmentalization, the way the brain is trained at that level, exactly makes them very easy to be to be manipulated. And I'm not saying that everybody, but most. But go ahead, Bill. It, no, exactly, exactly, and and V is spot on, folks, because many of the high net worth families with whom I've had some interactions in the course of my life. The thing that distinguishes them, and I'm going to go there in a somewhat equally controversial statement, they often are people who come from very distinct ethnic backgrounds. They are Eastern European. They are Greek. Uh, they come from from very self-aware of their of the historical background, Italian or yes, Sicilian families. People from South Korea, folks of who self-identify as of Taiwanese extraction, etc. 
And let's be candid, the the expatriate Iranian community in mostly Northern California, but other parts of the United States, but for some reason they seem to have settled mostly in Northern California after the Shah's government uh, fell in 79. These communities tend to use a lot of tutors. They don't just send their kids to high-end schools. It's almost like uh, you know, wealthy British aristocrats in the 17 and 1800s, where they just have teams of tutors coming coming to the biggest state up in the hills, and and training their kids. And that's that's the distinction for certain high net worth families, where the for lack of a better word, the kids are trained, not educated. They're trained, and education can have a, a, a two <laughs> two different meanings. But but V is absolutely right. When a lot of these kids you see with, uh, what is it, rich, rich kids of TikTok and all the rest of this sort of stuff, man, if you were to talk to the, to the families I know in South Florida about their thoughts on that after they stop foaming at the mouth, because their attitude is, is like, especially for people who've survived communism, you talk to folks from, and I'm looking in Gus, Gus Demas's direction, you look at people who survived Greece back in the 50s or got out of yeah. Eastern Europe or the former Soviet Union or a number of other examples or the Cuban community. These folks will foam at the mouth when they see anybody who is basically a trust fund baby. You're just living off of wealth. You're used to the lifestyle. You know, you've got an AK-47 that's that's plated in gold and, and hang out with your friends on a private jet. To people of real wealth and real background, those types of kids absolutely disgust them because 100%. it's like you're not working for it. You're, you're, and again, you have to understand the they, way those they folks miss think. that critical step, Velas. You know, they miss, like, when you look at a, some young rich punk, he's just a young rich punk. He accumulated wealth. He, a, 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 a man is supposed to grind it out, a man is supposed to suffer, a man is supposed to, with the sweat of his brow, to create something. And when it's just given to him, there's fucking yes. nothing left, man. Like when I, Absolutely. I, I, you know, how many uh, rich punk crypto millionaires I've met, and they're like, "Hey, man, could you help me with this?" I'm like, "Dude, you're gonna be broken about a, uh, in about a year." Right. You know, it, it, because the the important step of suffering was taken out of their life. So now they're just rich, but they have no fucking capability. They have no ability to do anything with what they have, and it's very fleeting. It's the same type that you see with these rich trust fund babies. They are not set up for success. They're not set up for the real world. They aren't. They aren't. And by the way, folks, uh, Wayne Reck, Gilbert Novak, uh, I'm looking at your comments here and, and yes, completely, completely agree about the, the, uh, the factory of, of higher education in the United States and its effects. Well, and V, V to your point, you know, some of the, the families I've had some dealings with, you know, their, their attitude is the, the one father I knew very well, uh, a wonderful man who, who developed a business from nothing after he escaped to the United States from Cuba you know, his comment was as he sat there with a cigarette in his hand and a small espresso and lo looked at me in South Florida and goes, the correct application of pain. And I said, you have my undivided attention. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> and his and his comment was, is, is, you know, I've been very honest with my kids about the quality of lifestyle we have. But he's like, I still believe in the correct application of, of pain. You've You've got to be able to operate as though you don't have this safety net. And so he used and devised a number of different ways in the education of his kids to give to give them that uh, I knew of other families that used to send their kids out west on these these not outward bound but like on these long hikes and stuff through Utah where you're just up there and you've you've really got to pay attention to what you're doing there's no whip out your cell phone and uh, have them bring you a sandwich I mean you've, mm -hmm. you've really got to pay attention that, to what you're to the, what you're doing there's no doordash up there 
There's no DoorDash. So, you know, with Rainier, he's serving time in a, in a federal lockup in Arizona, and Claire Bronfman is in prison, and neither one of them, understandably, are talking. Um, then we have Jean-Luc Brunel. Uh, used his modeling agency to traffic and groom young women. Ah, uh, Jean-Luc, another man who committed suicide. By the exact same method. Um, it's a thing. It's a, it's thing. a thing. You know, it's a thing, fellas. It's a thing. You know, it's a, and, very uh, trendy. Very trendy. Uh, you know, his Epstein connections are well known. And I, again, you know, as I often say on this show, and, and Frank and I were joking with this on, on an appearance I had on his program about, you know, any of us in the alternative space, Hey, if we make a mistake or or came up with a conclusion that was incorrect, I'm gonna call it out. Um, I admit my mistake or my error. I had completely forgotten that Diane Sawyer of 60 Minutes, for God's sakes, in 1988, did a very in-depth program about Brunel, and like a lot of these topics. I think I remember that poof. as well. She was she was talking about his womanizing and exploiting these young models, right? Yes, even yeah. in the late 80s, 80s, for God's sakes, yes. and just poof into the memory hole it went. Um, December 16th, find him dead in his jail cell, suicidal hanging. Obviously, neither of those men, Epstein or Brunel, are talking. Then we have Peter Nygaard of the trifecta, the trifecta of Brunel, Epstein, and Nygaard. Uh, Nygaard's still alive. Uh, he For is Finnish and Canadian. Um, he had property in the Caribbean, specifically the Bahamas, just like Epstein. Uh, get this. I, this blew my mind. He has 10 kids with eight women. Um, I wonder if Elon Musk is trying to set the same record. Um, the guy's legal case is been so delayed that it was only in the first week of July they were actually talking about what his bail was going to look like. Now, recently, I did see in the news that Nygaard waived bail, which is kind of interesting if you think about it. He because wants to, he it's a thing. He wants to die in prison. I get or he it. wants to stay in prison because they might be able to keep him alive easier in prison than if he's out That's on the street. Most likely, it. Now, on Tuesday, July 12th, I posted on the Vellus page of the Discord channel the stunning, unbelievable, frightening, terrifying videos of Nygaard in Africa trying to buy stem cells from African models what? where there's, there's all these gals sitting around this table, and he's like, I need your blood. I need your blood. Please give me your blood. But there's more. Chris Hansen, who obviously got too close to Mr. This topic. To Catch a Predator himself. Yes, to catch a predator himself, and then himself <laughs> took a bullet because of some stuff going on in his life. Yeah. And I, I tend to look at them putting a bullet in Chris Hansen the same way I do with uh Elliot Spitzer. Sure. Because if you if you watch the documentary Client Nine, you really get a firm understanding of, of why Spitzer took a bullet. He because was investigating Wall Street, man. He was. And oh, he, he pissed thing. off the wrong people. Yep. He was getting too close. Oh, he uh, had with, mistresses and he paid. They all do. They, they all, all do. do. Well, the other thing is, is the reason why the documentary about Elliot Spitzer folks was called Client Nine is, is because the government identified a series of clients of the call girl um, organization they were investigating. Spitzer was the only one who was prosecuted and Spitzer's name was the only one that was released. Correct. Which begs the question, what the hell? So Chris Hansen, same thing. You know, from, he was from he, abroad, you know, and, and from a, a, an agency that hundreds of elite men were going through per week, hundreds. And Elliot is the only one that that, that gets put out there, right? 
and you know he tries to rebuild his career uh i think it was on nbc and then you know that yeah. fell through etc so you know chris hansen was really putting a dent uh in this topic and raising public awareness that um yeah, because I remember reading comments people were posting about uh, Chris Hansen when this. The, I, what happened was, if I recall correctly, and it's completely off the back of my head, is is I think Hansen was involved with one of the women at NBC that came out publicly, et cetera, and, and he kind of fell by the side of the road. But when that all went down, I remember reading comments and news stories about what happened to Chris Hansen where people were saying, okay, yeah, I get this. The guy was having an affair, this, that, and the other. But it's like, but people were starting to internalize, hey, wait a minute, this pedophile thing is like national because Hanson's busting people on the West Coast, the East Coast, yeah. out in the Midwest, down in yeah. the South. These are all yeah. high-end neighborhoods. Um, it was hey, nothing but high-end neighborhoods, man. Scratching, scratching head. You know, it's like it's like uh, Bill Bill Hicks, I mean, the Eden Brogas. Oh, we're live in the South Bronx, where right. Tyrone and Raekwon are now walking <laughs> up to the victim Shaniqua. Here we have one of our models pretending to be 14-year-old Shaniqua. That never happened. <laughs> Here comes Raymond about to thinking he's meeting 14-year-old Sydney. Right. <laughs> well, Raymond's it's, shocked that Sydney's a girl, not a boy. <laughs> I, I can just see the folks in the intelligence community going, you know what? We need to shut this down before the public starts putting two and two together. Exactly. Um, well, the thing I posted about Nygaard uh, back on the 12th, and it's it's out there on the, the Discord page for Vela's, um, there's a Chris Hansen interview where um, he was talking to, oh, he, he, he I know you know who he is, V. He's that East Coast comedian. I like him. He's very irreverent. Um, I'll have to go look him up. But he was, he was talking to that guy, and then I think he was also talking to uh, – our other, our other uh, MMA fighter interviewer friend. Um, but the net of the net of it is, is, is Hansen does this interview. He's done this interview a couple times, hmm. where he talks about Peter Nygaard, and he says that he was trying to do a story at NBC, and he was getting some pressure to go away from it, but that Nygaard, like uh, Hansen, had spoken to people who were working for Nygaard, and that now <laughs> listen to what I'm about to say very carefully that Nygaard didn't want to, that Nygaard was getting young girls pregnant. He would then have them get an abortion, and then he would harvest the stem cells from the procedure. God's name. And then he would inject himself with those cells like a life-preserving treatment. Now, what's weird about this, because wait, there's more. For those of you who know the reference about Dorian Gray, it's the famous story about the, the guy who never ages, but he has a painting of himself that the painting ages, but but he doesn't age and he can't die as long as he doesn't look at the painting. Like Dorian Gray, the comment that was made by a number of people was is that Nygaard for many years, actually his health improved as soon as he started doing these, shall we say, treatments. But as soon as yeah. they arrested him and he got cut off from this stuff, he started aging rapidly. Sure. And he's not the only one that I've come across where they've described this. And I and I, I know some of you might be putting together the idea about adrenochrome and so, similar. Let's just go easy with that for a moment. All I'm saying is, is Nygaard is not the only person who's been doing this. I don't just mean necessarily getting women pregnant, but using stem cells in this way. Sure. And there, there have been a number of stories about high-profile people that they were getting these treatments and then uh, either 
had to go to the hospital for some other issue or, or were arrested because of something else. And as soon as these treatments are cut off, they start having all sorts of new health problems and, and everything starts breaking down. Then there's a guy named Jacques Bouthier. Now, this is a new one. In early July, a story aired in, of all places, Morocco, country of Morocco, their press, uh, that the Western media wasn't able to ignore because uh, a number of news services in other countries picked up this story out of Morocco, and so the Western media had to start reporting it to try and manage the narrative. Jacques Bouthier is one of France's richest citizens, and he's the ex-CEO of an insurance company that um, has a really weird name and was later known as Volavi. Uh, V-A-L. Yeah. Dude, that's my real name. Funny. Um, <laughs> he was arrested in May of this year after accusations of, say it with me, a woman, just one, being, just held, one. Cap- being held captive by him for sexual abuse. Uh, after some digging in other media sources around the world, it appears this was a multi-year pattern of many women being sexually exploited and trafficked by the, by the, by the guy. Uh, but but it's not industrial scale trafficking. It's just this one this one woman he had chained up in his in his estate in France. Uh, chained course, up in his estate. <laughs> oh man! So, so then the, then we have Epstein. We don't need to get into that. I'm just reminding us all that that we've got the whole Epstein topic. So then we have some some honorable mentions. And here are the honorable mentions. We have the Finders Cult. Now Polly of the Amazing Polly is probably the best. Uh, person I know out there when it comes to this topic, because uh, Polly's research into this has her usual, uh, very, very clear to understand PowerPoints and things that she does. She's she's covered the finders a couple of times. There's a number of very long articles that are out there and research things. <clears throat> what caught my attention about the finders cult, among many things, is they were a commune-like society founded in the 1970s, but by a former Air Force Master Sergeant. Now, why does that matter? Well, because if you go into the Church of Satan in Southern California back in the 60s, Anton LaVey and all that other stuff, if you really start digging into those various um, countercultural satanic organizations in Southern California, in almost every single case, every one of those people were ex-military intelligence people. That's no joke. Anton LaVey, who founded the Church of Satan in Southern California, was an intelligence asset. That's been proven. That's, that's not open for debate yep. or discussion. Uh, and then say it with me, every one of these expletives were connected to the MK Ultra program, much like uh, Nexium. Yep. So here we've got a former Air Force Master Sergeant. He founds uh, the Finders Organization, as they were called. So what happened? Well, 1987, the Customs Department of the United States has an investigation where they start digging. They, they, for some co- reason, the Customs Department got involved because stuff was being moved across state borders. Uh, this group is kind of in the domain of MK Ultra and Nexium as well. The finders were like a test bed or a lab to mm. figure out what works and what doesn't work. Uh, for instance, back to the Franklin scandal, there were documents that were discovered during the Franklin scandal in Nebraska about the finders, which included things such as the following. Number one, the finders organization used their own computer networks and, and, and proprietary encryption. I wonder where they got that when transmitting documentation. <coughs> I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> Ghislaine Maxwell. Sisters, 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 right? The sisters. The um, uh, documentation, including which kids were being transported where. Number two, they owned a number of properties across the United States where these kids were held, almost like little warehouses, including Washington D.C., where specifically in Washington the kids are being trafficked to high-ranking U.S. government officials. Number three, they had detailed documentation on a number of different methods that members of the finders were using in their practices, such as, and let this be a warning to all of you 
or those you know. Having members volunteer for babysitting services so they could determine which home or family would make a good target, whether for abducting those children or for robbing the house to steal what's in there. Uh, that method, by the way, has been used by some of our East European friends, organized crime families, and others, uh, including identity theft, robbing of your home, child kidnapping. So keep, keep that in mind when you're looking for any kind of babysitting services. Um, investigations into the finders have been repeatedly, uh, thank you, CJ, uh, investigations into the finders are constantly blocked, uh, strangely, by either Canadian or U.S. law enforcement. Um, the customs office eventually was told, now let me say this slowly, the customs office was told internally that they had to drop their investigation because this is an internal CIA matter and it doesn't concern you. Wow. And some say the agency was using the group to train agents. Some say there was a lot more going on with that. Then we have the Utah matter, which has popped up in the news recently. Um, for those of you who might be a little fuzzy, we got a sheriff out there who's been fighting hard against local government officials, including a man named Dave, David Levitt, last name L-E-A-V-I-T-T. -T. Uh, the sheriff has evidence of decades of trafficking up there with ties to, say it with me, the U.S. government and religious officials. Uh, we also have adoption agencies who may have been a front for trafficking. Um, the investigations are ongoing, and the Zeller brothers are knee-deep in that one. They've had a number of law enforcement officers that are involved in Utah reaching out to uh, the two guys, the Zeller brothers, that the Zellers have been filtering, understanding, you know, trying to protect the folks, the sources they've got. We're going to go into that a little bit more next week, folks. I'm going to walk you through. The Zellers have redone their website, so I'm going to mm -hmm. walk you through next week a little bit about, about those two guys. And then last, the last item on this, on this narrative is uh, from the website Crazy Days and Nights, which I've, I've referenced a couple of times, um, show, showed that website on one of the little website reviews. There was a posting a while back where the posting by, by um, the person known as NT, who's the guy or gal who runs that website, and I quote, a cast member in an international version of Housewives that does not air in the United States uses dance competitions she organizes as a way to traffic teen girls all over her continent. The answer, Real Housewives of Durban. Durban? South Africa? You bet, my friend. You bet. Holy So. Man. Here are your concluding thoughts. Number one, uh, in addition to this, just in the past week or so, if you have a chance, go check out on BitChute uh, or her, her website, uh, Amazing Polly, Polly St. George. Uh, she's had two programs recently about Richard Branson. Uh, I'm never going to fly Virgin Airlines ever again. Um, there's some weird things going on with him and stem cells and living forever and other yeah, these assholes are obsessed with living forever. They're afraid of death. Yeah, they need to read the Sumerian classic uh, about Enkidu and uh, Gilgamesh. Mm -hmm. um, so sexual blackmail trafficking, like what I've been talking about, has been growing since the 1950s. It's, it's, it's existed since ancient times. Let's be honest about that. Yep. But what I've covered in the Western world since the 1950s is industrialized and multiple corporate entities are involved. It's national and international. It's extensive. It permeates every aspect of modern society, government, business. And this scope I've provided you is tragically just a primer. 
uh, of the corporate entities involved. We have quite a few that are in the entertainment and fashion industries for obvious reasons, not to mention banking. Uh, among these examples I've covered, we have multiple government agencies who are always involved in harassing the heck out of people. You've got the FBI, the federal marshals, and yes, not just references to the CIA, but people who've, who've issued uh, depositions and court cases and stuff saying people presented credentials showing they were CIA agents and, and like literally told the FBI to get bent. This is like FBI, even though you're harassing these people leave, we're going to go harass these people. Um, this also reinforces what has been rumored for years, that in these federal agencies, you have the equivalent, uh, for those of you who know the reference, of like Michael Crichton. You have cleaners who are inside these agencies, entire groups who exist inside these agencies, but the rank and file people themselves do not know they're there. And these cleaners in the CIA, the FBI, the Federal Marshal Service, the list goes on, these departments, their job is to clean up screw-ups of clandestine programs or high-profile people who them themselves are then blackmailed because it's like we had to pull your butt out of a fire because it would make us look bad, but now we own you because we had to protect you. Um, also, many times these agencies then come into possession of evidence from these events that enable those agencies to blackmail our own government, giving them godlike omnipotence with both the the you know the the far and wide of our government but also specific people and specific agencies um many of the people who are trafficked are hooked on drugs they're also exposed to very complicated and fabricated and at times outlandish stories about what's going on so as a result their credibility is practically zero during investigations or a courtroom because the simple truth is a simple truth juries want to hear from credible believable and yes good-looking people not someone whose life appears to be prostitution and drugs, if, if not worse. Mm -hmm. And it kind of goes to what I said about the finders, and they're not the only one. This is part of the pattern. This is part of the, the operating statecraft of these organizations is you make sure that everyone who's connected with it has a past and a history, and their credibility is zero. Now, if these blackmail programs were purely for wealthy millionaires and billionaires to compromise each other because... Like I said, that's gone on for hundreds of years. Even if you go back to Italy in the city-state period, the Dimici family, other powerful Italian families, they all kept these files on each other. I referenced long ago the, the reference of the term, a purple file. They all kept these files on each other, and that's kind of what maintained the balance of power between powerful families was you've got blackmail on me, I've got blackmail on you. No one is moving a single chess piece on this chessboard because it would upset the whole balance of power here. But that's not what this is. This is not localized to just a handful of millionaires and billionaires around the world. This is industrial scale. And that means it's a state, or to use the political science term, a state or a country, sponsoring this activity. And if we say that it's a state-sponsored activity, then it has to be the intelligence community. Because the intelligence community are the only people with the planning and the operational resources to run something this long. And this has included protection from and avoidance of the mainstream media in any kind of reporting or shutting down of reporting. Researchers and authors are still threatened and bullied by federal law enforcement agencies, plural, uh, to prevent books and papers and other things from being published on this topic. Or you can report on trafficking, but it has to be in a very limited, narrow uh, way and only in the, in the boundaries of what the public expects to see. Correct. The other the other thing, too, is, is that we've got a lot of deaths associated with 
this topic, um, which also raises the the thing in my mind about uh, is assassination part of this mix. Nebraska's key state investigator was a guy named Gary Caradori. Uh, he ran a private investigative service. The state of Nebraska came to him and said, look, we, we can't count on our own state investigators. And the FBI just flat out is trying to stop us at every turn. So they pulled this guy out of his private firm. He had uh, absolutely top-notch credentials. He was trying to build data um, on what was going on in Nebraska with the Franklin scandal. Um, he had a series of witnesses, but of course all their credibility was in the toilet because of their, their lifestyles and things. But the man was, was relentless and he just kept digging into this. Flew his plane with his son to go meet a witness. I, I remember this. Yeah. yeah. Met finally the breakthrough he needed. Always kept all the documentation on himself personally, never put anything in a computer, never left anything in an office. Always had it with him. Plane crash, killed him and his son. Um, the the usual story. Strange people show up at the crash site, collect his briefcase and all of all of these other papers. And that things. goes missing. Yeah. This is a lot of firepower, folks, to protect the truth of this topic. And so if we're saying, well, it's just a very widespread trafficking problem, or we've got a, a social problem in our country or, or worldwide with these types of lifestyles and behaviors, again, that's that's not enough. Now, social mores have changed. Married men or women sleeping with high-profile models or centerfold was enough to fulfill the goals of the early blackmail programs. This is especially true if the target was, we have to remember the era, uh, was gay, like Director Hoover at the FBI. Right. But over time, as our society has been more liberal, shall we say, in, in people's attitudes requiring about relationships and similar. Yeah. The shock so value has to go higher. Exactly. So we needed something more heinous to remain effective. And that's where the child and teenager aspect of this crept in. So the challenge is this. This is not just, quote unquote, a perverse sector of global society. It doesn't justify the scale and the level of retribution against, and yes, retribution against lawyers, lawyers who, who are good lawyers trying to do the best they can, prosecutors, investigators, authors. Um, we have to remain open-minded and continue to research this beyond what, what is known or we think is known. Something far bigger is going on here. And I personally believe, and as I said before, you know, if, if my facts were wrong or the data I had, new data is available and we've got to reassess what we, what we thought we understood. Unless conflicting detail becomes available, new books, new data becomes available, I have to stick to what I've said to all of you before. This feels like a multi-decade blackmail and intimidation effort but towards a particular goal. And it, it goes to many of the things we know that are going on globally right now to make sure that nobody gets in their way, whether it's the digital economy, whether it's a number of other things we suspect are going on. So that concludes for what I had today and V and CJ thoughts and feelings and comments. No, excellent, bro. I mean, you cover the gambit of, of this whole entire thing. This is, I mean, you're absolutely right. This, this makes the JFK assassination look like a Sunday school picnic in, 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 in terms of height, width, and breadth. This is multi-agency, multi-groups, multiple organizations, and some of the most powerful individuals out there that are behind this. Uh, it's incredible, man. This is, this is the dark secret. This is where I, 
you know, why men like the, like the gentleman you just described, him and his son going down the airplane, and also guys like Ted Gunderson have been trying to crack, you know, former FBI agent over there yeah. who, who's been steamrolled as well. It's incredible. This is what they don't want out because if this gets out, it's the end of the agency. At this, at this point, if this really gets critical mass, and it hasn't hit critical mass yet, I mean, people are nascently aware of this to some degree within the public forums that are out there on the interwebs, but if it reaches critical mass where the average Joe Schmo hears about this, that is something that both left and right can, can can connect on, which is the harming of children. I'm not talking about the far left. I mean, they harm children right. all the time. But I'm just talking about normal human beings. We draw the line there. And at that point, JFK's dream of shattering the CIA to a thousand pieces and being cast to the wind becomes reality. Because the ending of child trafficking means the end of, uh, of the black budget for many of the covert operations that are run within this nation. It is literally one of the biggest money makers for them. Well, I, I don't it's 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 very unfortunate and in my humble opinion and probably an inconvenient truth, I don't think things like this will ever go away. I, yeah. I think that they there will always be willing that if one organization goes away, there'll be a different organization just because of of factors power and greed those two things and as long as those things persist there will always be willing people to do these types of activities it's just i think it's an inconvenient truth i really do i just um and until the trials and tribulations occur i like you know again that's you know it's sorry to be debbie downer but i just i just think that it's it's, it's the law of supply and demand and and you look at those people who enroll in those programs like harvard and princeton and they they go to those institutions primarily for for a reason and um, because they they want that power they want that greed people that get in Hollywood the same thing and they're willing to uh, to sell their soul and and do those things it's it's just you know very unfortunate very unfortunate well and CJ it's it's not Debbie Downer and I I I totally understand why why you say that and I I think somebody yesterday in the chat was was uh, when crypto was on was talking about. They knew of people that get upset, and I've I've said this on my show many times, and I've shared with all of you in the audience that I had a, a very close friend of mine who reached out to me and said, "Could you could you please throw some victories or something into your show? You're you're killing me here. I feel like I'm going to slip my wrists." But the the other the other end of it is, uh, first of all, if you're on Rogue News, look, man, that's <laughs> this is the kind of stuff we do. But the other end of it is, you can't. How many times, everybody, have I said this? You you can't fight the enemy you don't know. You can't fight the battle if you don't know what you're fighting fighting for. And CJ, you're absolutely right. I mean, blackmail, the use of children in compromised situations, literally, you can trace it back to Rome, if not before. The point here is, is that it has been weaponized on such an industrial and massive scale. And it, like I said, you could effectively use speaking from my days with think tanks and the government and, you know, basically, Hey, if I want to overthrow a third world country, how do I do it? Um, you could use this on a much more limited basis to be effective for moving legislation or making so certain changes you want a country or, or whatever it might be. This, this is like a dark cloud over the planet, the, yeah. the extensiveness of this. And, and the reason why I brought up, Boutier and some of these other new players, because 
you know, Bouthier is running a very large insurance company in France. He has connections to a bunch of people. He's got access to a lot of money. Then it turns out that he's also, say it with me, he's sponsoring modeling agencies and the list goes, and by the way, yes, I'm going to make a blanket statement. I'm sure people in the entertainment industry are going to take, take issue with me. None of you in my audience, none of you who are in the Rogue News audience, none of you out there, anyone you know, no one anywhere should ever get involved in modeling ever again, period. Yeah. We're just, we're just, no, we're, we're using housewives taking kids to school or husbands taking kids to school or single parents taking kids to school as models. <laughs> That's it. Um, probably better anyway, cause it'd be, it'd be a more realistic body image, uh, uh, than, than what some of these agencies have been using. No one anywhere for any reason should have anyone in modeling for any reason, period. At this point, the, the well, whole thing. You, you so shattered my up. dreams of being a, a supermodel. Thanks fellas. Well, if you keep going out to California and keeping that tan going, you never know. And the skies are gay, California. I'm sorry, veered off again, man. It's the trigger word. Different, different show. Um, <laughs> yes, and to uh, Revolutionary Bliss, uh, thank you because I'm also on their Discord page, vetsforchildrensrescue.org. I mentioned they them do a great a, job on another show. Uh, also, V, I don't know because you were on vacation. You should be on vacation, and you should enjoy your vacation. On last week's show, you're mentioning about the the CIA. Last week's show, I, I did a, a deep dive into Bill Clinton, and one of the things I came up with about the, the what's known as the Dixie Mafia, and that the connections between organized crime and the CIA were, were so tight uh, when it came to narcotics trafficking and so on, that, that one of the conclusions I drew was when, when Kennedy said, I'm going to smash the CIA into a thousand pieces, it may have in fact been that he went after the Mafia first for that reason. Yeah. So, yeah. anywho, uh, little lighter, little lighter commentary for next week, folks. I've already posted what what I'm covering uh, next week on on the Discord page and uh, V and CJ. Any, uh, I'm hoping we get Gus back next week. I think he was he was traveling or something. CJ, I think he may have just been enjoying some time time away a little bit. Maybe how dare he? Maybe I'm probably, I know right. Yeah, how dare him? Not give us <laughs> people shouldn't enjoy their time off. By the way, folks, we, we did post on the Discord page uh, Matthew Arrett's interview on... Uh, it wasn't InfoWars with... Uh, what's his name? It was another one of the reporters from InfoWars. But we did we did also post Matthew's interview. He couldn't he couldn't be on this week because he was over um, whoring himself out <laughs> to InfoWars. Uh, but he appeared he appeared over there. And it and uh, I've had some conversations Wait, Matt with Matt was at InfoWars? Yeah. Oh, great. That's it. <clears throat> He's leaving there us goes. now, Siege. There, there goes the brand, guys. There goes the, <laughs> the brand, brand just went right out the window. <laughs> but yeah, I also probably September time frame. I I probably will be on uh, Frank at quite frankly again uh, nice. coming up here. So. I got to do one of Frank's shows, but he's always doing running that evening gambit. Yeah, I know it's rough. Well, in in good news, uh, Sunday is National Tequila Day, so I think we're going to plan a you and your drinking the Discord. Nice. Uh, so for for Sunday tequila. So this is uh, why CG fine. works out so much, V, and gets off the sauce drinking. for a while. The, he can dry out. Hey, fellas, hey, I've been working out again, and let me tell you, man, it's coming back. It's all coming back to me right now. It's all coming back. And folks, in 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 uh, a retort to CJ's tequila Sunday, Saturday is officially Soy Saturday. So join me so on Telegram so and drinking soy milk. <laughs> It's a day of celebration. I want everybody to drink as much. Only men. It's only for men. If you're a woman, 
uh, please do not join us. But if you're a man, uh, join yours truly at drinking soy milk uh, in the morning. You know, so uh, uh, soy will no longer make you a boy, as uh, as they say. John Michael Karma, very funny. Infowars has better snacks in the green room. <laughs> oh man, soy today. There you go, crypto cowboy. That's it. Soy today. Soy today. <laughs> <laughs> will you join me in soy today? Every Saturday, soy today, where we consume soy, we drink soy, and we eat tempeh, dried tempeh. There you uh. go. <laughs> Oh God! Anyway, folks, we're at the end of the show. See, do we have anything? We have a Harley next, or Harley's Monday? Well, um, he's still traveling, and I did see he did an update recently over on the uh, Schiller or in the Larouche organization. Yes, so I think he's kind of hit and miss as he's as he's traveling right now. But I think he gets back to Germany next week. So hopefully, we can we can get him uh, scheduled uh, for some point next week. Perfect. And we'll, uh, so folks, enjoy your weekend. We'll be back Monday. Uh, regular scheduled broadcast. CJ and I will be kicking it live. And with that being said, El Cuco, take it away. Thank you, Velos, for joining us. Take care, everybody. Cheers. <laughs>